0: Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer Podcast. Hi, it's Richard here, your faithful announcer. We are so glad you are listening. Casting our podcast on the waters of providence, trusting we encourage growing, biblical, dynamic, soul-satisfying prayer lives which glorify God. From the pen of Martin Lloyd Jones, prayer is beyond any question the highest activity of the human soul. Man is at his greatest and highest when upon his knees he comes face to face with God. John Owen adds, I pray God with all my heart that I may be weary of everything else but converse and communion with Him. J.C. Riley adds his insight, never Never may we forget that if we would do good to the world, our first duty is to pray. And now to our fine host, Fred.
1: Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer podcast. My name is Fred, and I am a free slave by the mercy of God, through the blood of Jesus Christ, to the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, also the principal of the podcast. In an effort, we have been been doing this for four years, if you're new to us, and in an effort to encourage and exhort and maybe teach a little bit about prayer, we have been, well, we've been doing the podcast. In the last few weeks, we have been looking at the year 1984, as in all Bible teaching, there are so many applications to the Word of God, each section, each passage, sometimes each verse, and sometimes even each word. So there are a lot of application. In this current series, we are looking at my personal testimony about prayer from 1984, and there are lessons I had to learn, and I've had to relearn over and over again over the years. I wish I wasn't such a hard-hearted listener, but Lord Jesus, he he knows that I am. Nevertheless, our main applications this time through as we've been looking at this have been learning who God is through prayer and then realizing that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever throughout the whole Bible. Anywhere we read, we can count on him to be unchanging and consistent. And that's important for those two reasons, the importance of those two reasons are that is eternal life, remember John seventeen three We may harp on that a little too much, but this is eternal life that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. That's eternal life, that's truly eternal life, and the difference between Creator and creation is so vast that we will have eternity with God to learn about him, to get closer to him. In this life, we have the Word of God, and we have prayer to get closer to Him, and those are important things. And so we've been looking in this series, it's called Personal Powerful Prayer Lessons, and He taught me, or started to teach me in my my long-term lessons, about His care and His power and His mysterious control of all things. Through all this, and we will see this even in these, in 1984, the fight, the fall, the flight, and the funeral. But he's done this through answering my prayers. In the first episode of this Personal Powerful Prayer Lessons, he answered a desperate prayer the very next day, exactly everything I had prayed for. You can go back and listen to that. And then for 1984, as this continues, We had the fight episode, and he did answer my prayer and make my job easier, but only after he taught me his way, the true way to fight. In the battle for souls, we fight loving and doing good for our enemies. And if you'll remember, there was an enemy, a specific enemy in that episode. That was in the fight. So that's the third episode in this series. And then last episode on this, in the fall He showed me how greatly he blesses obedience, as in not lying. And he did that while he arranged my circumstances so that I could go back to Phoenix, my wife and I could go back to Phoenix. That was my main prayer at that time was to to get back to Phoenix, my main desire anyway in prayer. And then through even praying and not answering that we didn't win the hearing case, as, as you will recall, or if you want to listen, you can listen. He didn't answer that part of my prayer, but he did in the process of answering my prayer to have the ability to go back to Phoenix. He strengthened the faith of employee Y and he changed prayerfully. I haven't heard from her in a long time, but employee X began to go to church through this. And the impact on the place of work, the bakery that I worked in was was really great. And so I don't know how many other lives he affected. That's probably a merciful from God to let me, not let me see all that. But today, the consequence of the fall is the flight. That's what we're going to look at today. By the way, those other dates for the other episodes was the, the first one, the personal, the one that's just labeled personal powerful prayer lessons, was March 20th. The fight was March 28th published, and the flight was April 14th. So, if you haven't listened to those and you want to go back, you can listen to those before you listen to this, or you can just keep on going in this episode. Because, along with those fruit, employee X, employee Y, my faith and my learning some lessons like not (laughs) about not disclosing too much in particular circumstances, on top of answering all those prayers. He also, there was one other fruit from that time that he gave. And that was, there was a young, a young woman, well, well, she would be young now to my age, but she was a little older than me at the time. And I started at the bakery and I met her early on at my time there. And on one of the breaks, she asked me, she said she wanted to ask me some advice. The advice that she wanted to ask me was how to get her daughter, her teenage daughter, to go to church. And so I asked her what church she went to, and she said it was a Christian church. And then I asked her, how long have you been saved? And her response was, oh, I'm not saved, which took me aback a little bit. And I thought maybe I said it in a way she didn't, she wasn't used to. So I said, well, when did you become born again? And then she replied, I'm not born again. I'm not a Christian at all. And so again, I had to pause, and that was puzzling to me. So I asked her why she went to church. And she said, out of guilt. Her mom was a Christian. They went to church every Sunday. So she went went to church every Sunday, even though she didn't believe any of it. She was in no means, by no means, a Christian. And so that took me back even a little bit more. So I thought about that again. And then I, I finally said to her, well, I know you go to church every Sunday and you feel guilty if you don't, but it's actually meaningless to you to go to church. So if it's meaningless to you," Even though you're there, I'm not sure why you think it would be meaningful for your daughter to go to church. You've told me you don't believe any of it, and you're not a Christian, and you haven't told me any benefit of going to church. So I'm not sure I understand why it would be important for your daughter to go to church. And and actually, I don't know what you could tell her that would motivate her to go to church either. And so I told her I would pray about it and and we could talk. And we did talk through the years. But in the process of all this, as I was getting ready to leave, as we'll see in the flight that's coming up, in this episode coming up, as I was getting ready to leave, she came to me a little later and she said, I wanted you to know before you left that through our conversation and especially through the last few months and the things I've seen in your life and in what was going on around here, that I have become a Christian, I've given my life to Christ, which was really glorious. And along with employee X and employee Y and my life, and I don't know how he has dealt with it in my boss's life, prayerfully in a way that's led to salvation. He worked in all those ways, all at the same time, again, while open, opening me up to go to back to Phoenix, which I've termed the flight, which is the next few months of my time in 1984, of my life in 1984. Now, this is going to be the fall, but we do need to kind of wrap up with the, with the immediate consequences, the aftermath, if you will, of the fall. And I told you, I went back to the bakery. Employee X had gone and told everybody what had happened, and everybody was pretty happy about that. And it was a victory for them, even though it seemed a, a, a loss for me. But it truly was turned out to be a victory in a lot of different ways, but a victory at work as well. And so that day, the next day, the aftermath of the fall was I was I was getting ready for work. and I was watching things get put together. And my boss came up to me, the one who had asked me to lie from the last episode. And he stood there and he said, they asked you that question and you told them yes. And if you'll remember from the last episode, he wanted me to lie. It it came about through all the circumstances that it was known that he wanted me to lie. And so at the end of this trial or this hearing, our lawyers asked me as part of this testimony if he had asked me to lie. And, and I said, as you recall, yes, he did. I couldn't believe it was our lawyers asking it, but they did. And so I told him, look, I told you I wasn't going to lie for you. I'm a Christian. My testimony rides on this. My relationship with the Lord rides on this. And I told you I wasn't going to lie. At that, he turned around, he spun around, and he walked off. A few hours later, when they were working on some equipment, I was standing watching them, and he walked up again. And he asked me again. All he said was, they asked you that question, and you told them yes. To that, I responded, i don't know what to tell you i've said everything i told you i wasn't going to lie everything happened the way that it happened and and i'm not sure what else you want to hear from me at that he spun around again and then turned around and walked off then at the end of the day while i was finishing up my paperwork he came again and he stood beside me and he said they asked you that question and you told them yes at that point i just kind of raised my hands and shrugged my shoulders I wasn't even sure what to say, how to respond to that, so I didn't. And then he said, well, we can keep the team together if you go to my boss, we'll call him the boss of bosses, if you'll go to the boss of bosses and tell him, and he had a new set of lies for me to tell his boss. And I paused for just a moment, and I finally I said, you know what, I don't even think the boss of bosses wants to talk to me, but if he does, I'll tell him what happened." I'd be glad to talk to him, but I'll tell him what happened. And at that, my boss turned again on his heels and walked away. And then from that time, I began to learn what we can keep the team together meant. Now, I may have told you, I'm not sure I did, but there were two other supervisors involved or called to be involved in this hearing. One of them came, and I'm pretty sure he lied about the instance that I was supposed to lie about. And the other one didn't show up at all. We were union employees and not company employees. So both of them lost their positions, but I didn't lose mine, which has always been kind of a curiosity. Nevertheless, one of the other supervisors, same level as my boss, would come by every day and check my machines to make sure they were running at the exact correct speed. They'd never done that before. One of the other supervisors came by and checked my paperwork to make sure, I don't know what he was making sure of, because it was always correct, and I'd even been commended for some positive changes because that paperwork was always correct, but he did. He came by every day. And then another of the same level, not my boss, but a person at the same level of his position in the company would watch my people when they came back from break. And if they were 30 seconds late back from a break, he would run over, I mean, at a sprint. And it always made me chuckle because he he was an older guy. He was bald. And by the time he got to me, his his whole head was just red with either anger or feigned anger. But then he would chew me out for my people being late. And if you'll remember, I told you, at least in the fight, and maybe last time as well, that at one point, the crew that I was fighting with the most, or the only crew that I fought with, they would become my close allies at some point in time. And this was that point in time, because I went to them and I said, look, you guys see what's going on. You probably understand what's going on, maybe even better than I do. So do you mind for at least a while making sure that you come up back on break? And if in the day I can, I'll work out an extra break for us during the day. And they did. They came back every single time on time from that point on. And so this went on for a few weeks. So the immediate aftermath was more lies and then breaking up the team, whatever that meant. And after a few weeks of that, I thought, you know what? I'm not sure what breaking up the team means. And if you'll recall, I had said last time I had set an an agreement with my boss that I would be able to work the right shifts so that I could go to school. And I hadn't yet registered for Los Angeles Bible College, but that's where I was headed. And after all this, I thought, I better check this out to make sure that that still stands, that agreement still stands. And so I went to my boss and I asked him. And of course, it didn't. That was part of what keeping the team together meant. He was going to give that shift to a new person, to the supervisory crew. So I went home. My wife and I talked about it. And we decided, well, this isn't my life. The bakery wasn't going to be my life. So we'll head back to Phoenix, where I wanted to go anyway. So he answered that prayer. After all of that, he opened the door for us to go back to Phoenix. And it was pretty exciting for me. So I gave my notice. Oddly enough as well, I think because of his character, he didn't believe me when I first gave my notice. And then with the union and company rules, I had to write a little paper to give my notice. So I did, and it wasn't until then that he took me seriously about leaving. After that, he tried to get me to stay, and it wasn't a bad thing. It just was a little perplexing to me. So that's the aftermath, and then the decision that we we get to go back home. We get to go back to Phoenix and finish my school. Now, the rest of it is going to be pretty truncated. We decided to go back. We got ready to go back. I gave my notice. We prepared our plan. Our prayer during this time was basically selfish. We wanted to go back to Idaho. We had planned a whole month that we could spend in Idaho and to go fishing, starting in southern Idaho and camp and fish our way to northern Idaho, visit some friends there, and then head back to Phoenix. And we gave everybody an itinerary. If you want to see us, we'll be these certain campgrounds, certain places. So it was basically a selfish, we wanted just kind of a break move that we decided to do. So we left, dropped off our stuff in Phoenix, and then headed to Idaho. On our way to Idaho, our truck had a problem, had a little, had a little mechanical problem, And we were not able to drive more than 45 miles per hour. And the reason that's important is we got to Idaho, spent a couple of days, and then we headed off on our camping trip. And as we were heading through the hills, where the speed limit was, at that time, probably only 55 miles per hour, we could only go 45. And on top of that, as we were crossing a bridge into a little town, the speed limit even slowed down. And we were rear-ended by a huge dump truck full of gravel. And I won't go into all those details, but it was a pretty terrific wreck. And I had broken ribs. My wife had some whiplash. And so, of course, then our selfish plans to go fishing, those didn't happen. We did. We were able to get an attorney. He did what we asked him to do, which was settle for a reasonable settlement. We didn't want to sue anybody or for anybody to get in big trouble. And we did get a supply. We got a brand new truck. And then we got a supply to go back to school and start school again. Paid off some personal debt that we had accrued in Los Angeles. And so that was really terrific. And then the most relaxing place to be for us during that time was at my dad's house, my dad and mom's house. So we stayed with them as we were recouping. And there's a whole lot of stuff to all these stories, but but we're kind of long at this point anyway. So that's where we stayed. We stayed at my dad's house. And in the midst of that, we would lie awake talking at night when all the visitors were gone and everything. We would lie, lie awake talking, and my wife would say, there's got to be a different reason other than just money. Like I said, we got plenty of money. And we were headed back to Phoenix where we wanted to be to finish school. But she just kept saying, there has to be something more than money. Now again, just as a quick review, I'm going to add a couple of things. But we got the truck, we got some money, able to go back to school during that time as well. And I don't have time to go into this either. But I saw my dad in a refreshing way or a refreshed way. We'd been gone for a couple of years. And I saw him, especially working with one young boy that just made me marvel at how he was able to help this young boy out. And then I could just got to watch him, his character and, and remember, remember my childhood. And I was able to tell him again that he was my hero. We had a conversation and I was able just to remind him, I suppose, other than tell him again that he was my hero. And with all those blessings that had happened again the money the truck going back to school seeing my dad do some marvelous things and telling him he was my hero there were other things that were happening as well those are other things we will talk about next episode the funeral and you may be even be getting a foreshadowing of what the funeral is about but in the months to come i would experience the deepest pain in my life I would also experience the deepest comfort in my life, a comfort that still stays with me and that I think about, and that I would learn, begin to learn, the very first early lessons of knowing that God is sovereign and he works in marvelous ways. And when we look and read at unbelievable things in the Old Testament, when we stop and examine our lives, we can see those same unbelievable things right now. We serve a God who listens. We serve a God who operates on many different levels. You may remember real quickly when we did Hannah's prayer, how God worked in Hannah's life, in Eli's life, in Hophni and Phineas's life, in the lives of Israel to do all the things that they needed all at the same time through a single prayer of Hannah. That's the testimony of this year, 1984. And we will hear again the culmination of that next episode on the funeral. But quickly before we go, the God who loves you, the God who saved you, the God who created you is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And again, a gentle exhortation, I hope. You may need to examine your life to see how marvelously God has worked or you may begin, you may need to begin to pray more and give him that opportunity to answer those prayers, because he will, and it will be amazing, and it will be life-changing, and your relationship with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit will grow and be true, especially as you listen to him. The So what then? Examine your lives, examine our lives, and pray, and watch, and see what the Lord says. Thank you, Jesus, for today. Thank you for your lessons as weekly as they are explained. Holy God, open up to your people the blessings and the promises of prayer, especially the promise to draw close to each one of us, to sustain us through the worst of times, that we would live by faith and glorify thee. We thank you and we bless you, humbly looking at thy wondrous work and marveling at it. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Brothers and sisters, now to the God of peace, who brought you up from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, may he equip us in every good work to do his will, working through us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Christ Jesus our Lord. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Brethren, let's pray for one another.
0: As always, thank you for listening. We look forward to hearing from you at www.frponprayer.com or freerangeprayer at gmail.com. And for all your voiceover needs, go to richarddurrington.com or durringtonr at gmail.com. Keep your dial here for our next episode. And if you have a dial, you just might need an upgrade. For Fred and I, have yourself a prayerfully fun-filled day.